What's up, Whisper Nation? We're reacting to week four and all the craziness that happened, and we're doing it right here on episode 80 of the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, September 30th, and you're listening to episode 80 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks and Big Travi and me, Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at the Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We've got articles, latest episodes, rankings, and new for 2019, our Patreon account. You can help support our show by joining as a patron of the Fantasy Whispers, where you'll gain access to a ton of bonus content. So head on over to Patreon.com and search the Fantasy Whispers today. Yeah. Oh, yes. Week four is in the books. Mostly. We got tonight's game. You guys got anyone going tonight? In this barn Uh, burner of, uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Cincinnati Bengals? Well, if I did, I, it didn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> Chelsea's playing me in our league of record, and uh, the game's pretty much uh, wrapped up. Right, it is wrapped up. It's over. It's over. I am victorious, but uh, tonight, to add to some salt on the wound, I'm going to have James Conner rolled out there, and we'll see if he can actually become an, a running back one like I drafted him to be. Nice. Probably not. Probably he should not. have a good game. I think he'll have a good game. If he doesn't have a good game against the Bengals, I, like the rest of Whisper Nation, should panic. So um, that's I got that going for me, which is great. But, yeah, week four, uh, we had a bunch of craziness. Obviously, we'll jump into a lot of it. Nick Chubb balling out. The Dallas Cowboys sucking it up. Uh, we've got a lot of things that are, are happening here. But before we jump into that, of course, Johnny, I want you to see dig through our uh, reviews there, see if you can pull one out. Guys, if you... Want to follow the show? Click like and subscribe on YouTube right now. If you're listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a review. We'd love to shout you out on the show, and we know you'd appreciate the content as well. So, Johnny, why don't you uh, give us a little pulse of the Whisper Nation there? We got a (laughs) five-star review from Mark Drumheller. Love the name, man. All right. He said, add this to your rotation. I did. Great informative podcast when it comes to fantasy football data and analysis is king it is evident real quick these guys do their homework to get you the most informed opinions in the biz every point counts let the fantasy whispers give your team the edge to put you over the top so we appreciate that and yeah and that that is what it's all about like look we're getting to that point in the year where fantasy football kind of sucks Okay, like you're getting injured, you're not doing too hot, and you know maybe you're just getting frustrated. Don't get frustrated. Me and Johnny are dealing with it. Uh, I'm sure Chelsea, after taking the beat down that I gave her this week, is dealing with it. Um, Talking about every the, point counts. Austin Seer, poor guy, uh, has lost back to back weeks by less than a point. So maybe, yeah, maybe he needs to listen I won't to be, the I won't be, whispers uh, a little more. I won't be bringing him up on this next podcast we share with him, but uh, I'll tell you this much. Just don't get frustrated. Stay with us. And like this guy said, we're trying to get you that edge each and every week. We're trying to keep you informed and keep you motivated and ready to rock and roll because when this hits your opponents in your league, this this feeling, 
you could be the one that capitalizes because you stayed true. It's a game of attrition. So, uh, you know, keep your head up there. And before we jump into this episode, though, Chelsea, we got some news and notes from around the NFL. Yeah, speaking of attrition, uh, it's time for the news and notes from around the <laughs> NFL brought to you by Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. It's where fantasy meets IQ. Fanatic has done some amazing work to their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcast episodes, player stats, and beat writer updates all within their app. So head on over to the App Store on your Apple device and download that today. Look, we're talking attrition. We had some big injuries this week or some updates on injuries that we want to hear about. Um, Saquon thinks he can beat the timetable that he's been assigned with his high ankles. What does that mean, beat the timetable? I think it just means, you know, he was he was quoted for six to eight weeks. Um, I was looking at their schedule this morning. It looks like bye week is in week 11. That would be seven weeks. Mm -hmm. I think that is more likely that he'll be on the seven to eight week range just because. I don't see them necessarily needing to get him back before the bye um, if Wayne Gallman's going to continue to do what he does. But uh, this is their franchise guy. They chose to not take a quarterback last year. They took a running back. They want this guy for the future. I don't I don't see them mortgaging their future to bring him back early. Do you guys uh, think that there's any possibility? Because I was talking uh, to some Whisper Nation about this. They had, they had a lot of questions on Saquon. Do you do you remember a couple of years ago when David Johnson broke his wrist and it was a big long injury like this, seven, eight weeks? And here's my one concern with uh Saquon and, and counting on this. It's sounding like he will be able to come back in this instance, but there could be a very realistic possibility that the Giants aren't in anywhere in contention at that come that time. And so they might just want to sit him. And not risk him getting injured injured over the offseason in those last couple of games if it's meaningless. Uh, do you guys see that as a possibility? What is your worry level on that? Because this Giants team, yes, they won yesterday. Yes, they do have the same uh, record as the Philadelphia Eagles. But they are looking up at a couple of teams just from a roster standpoint. Yeah, I, uh, I'll just say this. I think that... Um... I love David Johnson and he's great. And the wrist is a little bit trickier of an injury than what uh, we've got going on. Look, Saquon's already shed the boot and he's a freak of nature amongst more freak freak of nature. So if this guy is a top tier athlete amongst top tier athletes, uh, if I'm going to bet on anybody to beat the timetable, it's Saquon Barkley. All right, moving on. We know that TJ Hawkinson uh, took a big fall yesterday after making a hurdle attempt over some uh, players, but he's moving all his limbs and he's um, presumed to be okay, right? Any worry that we'll have TJ Hawkinson out for just the traditional concussion protocol? Yeah, this was like uh, we'll a, this was a weird injury because you couldn't really tell what exactly had happened. They're saying um, they're saying that he was cut off the field, and now they're just saying he just has a concussion. But it seemed a lot worse than that. Like he he got undercut. He put like he landed all of his weight on his shoulder. It looked serious, and then it came out a little bit later last night that he was suffered a concussion uh, or believed to have suffered a concussion. So uh, this is definitely concerning for sure. But keep it monitored. Hawkinson uh, is a guy who's actually having a, a pretty solid season for a tight end, uh, a rookie tight end, and you know. 
if he had a he had a touchdown called back last week, and I think if if he would have gotten that, then we would have been talking about Hawkinson a lot more this past week. But uh, yeah, something to monitor moving forward. All right, and what do we think about the Bears' quarterback situation? Mitchell Trubisky uh, left the game, had his arm in a sling. He's clearly dealing with some kind of shoulder injury. What do you think about this, Travis? I joked around with my roommate yesterday that the Bears may just shut down Trubisky for the year, given how Chase Daniel was able to actually kind of do some things against the Vikings' uh, defense. But, no, all jokes aside, this is concerning, but it does seem to be a little bit of an upgrade for the running game, and in particular, Tariq Cohen, who did see some more extended action because Chase Daniel was able to just take the check down and take some of the things that Nagy was creating against the Vikings. Obviously, they won't be playing the Vikings every week, so maybe Daniel does get these guys um, a little bit more involved, and like maybe it's an upgrade. Uh, you know, jokes aside, maybe it is an upgrade for the Bears here. Well, I, I do think just based on Trubisky's play this year, right? And I actually agree with the Cohen take, uh, Travis. If you look back even last year. Every single game that Cohen has played with uh, w- with Chase, he has scored in. Uh, Chase loves going to him. He'll he'll take the check down, like you said. Uh, I actually think this is a huge benefit for Cohen, and I'm hoping if I'm a Cohen owner that Chase has, remains the quarterback for as long as uh, as long as possible. Yeah. All right, just a few more news and notes. Uh, Jarvis Landry had a monster game and then left the game with a concussion. Yeah, that's he produced so much that it hurt his brain. (laughs) No, uh, I think I yeah, we will talk a little bit more about Landry. Monitor this closely because it seems like uh, the Browns found a a winning formula in running the ball a ton and uh, throwing it to Landry and, and Seals Jones, some of the safety blankets. When it was simplified for Baker, it looked like it was working well in that offense. So monitor what happens with Landry here. All right, and last update, uh, Tyreek Hill. They're saying that he's going in for some imaging tests on his shoulder. Uh, we don't know how much longer he's going to be out. Any any suspicions here? When do you anticipate we'll see Tyreek Hill back behind that Chiefs? Um, so a couple couple more weeks is what is was the original timetable. Again, this was a really kind of rare injury they had said they didn't see it very often that's why there was such the big scare about it and there was you know not a lot of information when it first came out about how long he would be gone for so uh that imaging will be very key to seeing uh, you know what the rest of the timetable is but he is getting certainly closer it's looking like uh he's um really really close to coming back and the Chiefs don't need to rush it right now. We know and that's, that much. that's essentially what they've said. You know, Adam Schefter said, look, well, they're not they're not in any hurry to rush it based on the play of Patrick Mahomes and some of these younger guys that are there. Just looking at their schedule, they play the Colts, the Texans. Then they have a Thursday night game against the Broncos on October 17th. So then they'll have those 10 days off. I'm thinking this might be a time where they're looking to bring Tyreek Hill back, get to that mini buy because uh, their buy isn't even until week 12. So uh, just something to monitor there and some, you know, it looks like good news for those that are rostering. To- right on. Well, that's the news and notes from around the NFL brought to you by Fanatic. Head on over to the app store. Download that. If you have an Apple device, your iPad or your iPhone uh, and get that going. But it is time to jump into this week. And the first thing we do in this episode, we like to get go through the points where we were right or wrong. 
Chelsea will talk a little bit about each or uh, give us each player that she shows that maybe we were right or wrong. And we'll, and we'll just talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So some way in the last week, Whisper Nation, you've heard us talk about these guys and we just want to hold ourselves accountable. You know, maybe they did show up and we want to brag about it. Maybe yeah. we were super wrong and, you know, definitely want to brag. Definitely want to just <laughs> humble ourselves yeah. uh, to the disaster that unfolded. So first, uh, let's look at who we are right about in the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah Matt. Go ahead, Travis. Yeah, Matt Stafford was a guy coming into a really high over-under that we were just really high on. I actually benched Baker Mayfield in a league for Matt Stafford. <laughs> Didn't feel great about it, but knew that I needed to play the matchup. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter, uh, but uh, it was a good call. So, Right on. Uh, another one we were right about, the running back, Daryl Williams. Yeah, had a monster game. The guy continues to produce. Now there's, uh, you know, whispers in the bushes that Daryl Williams could have earned this job uh, for the rest of the season. You know, uh, you have Damian Williams who continues to get injured and, and miss multiple, multiple weeks. We already know what Andy Reid had said when frustration, uh, you know, during the preseason. And now we're in the regular season and Daryl Williams looks good. Like he looks like a really good running back for them and he's getting it done with shady. It's looking like a winning combination. So I could, I could definitely see if you guys picked up Daryl Williams off your waiver, congratulations. Cause you guys could have hit a little bit of fantasy gold there. And if he's still on yeah. your waiver, you better go pick him up and bid high because uh, I think that he's got that job for sure. Yeah, well, I think there's a, you know, I wouldn't say that Shady's just gone off into the sunset. He did no, no, have no. a good game I, himself. Right. I, I think they split it. But I will, yeah, I will say they split it. But then we, he out-touched Shady in the second half. When this game was on the line, it was Daryl Williams, not Shady, that was in the game, uh, catching balls from Patrick Mahomes, running it in the end zone. Um, so that's an interesting note there. I, I do agree with Johnny. The upside for Daryl Williams is tremendous. At wide receiver, we had Devontae Adams that we were Ooh. right on. Felt good to get Devontae right. I mean, he had 180 yards, didn't score, but 118 points in, in standard uh, alone on just yardage. That's that's fantastic. And, you know, Rodgers and LaFleur both came out after the game and said, look, this is what we wanted to do. We knew we were better if we got him going. Just monitor Devontae Adams' toe. They say it's not as serious um, as it was indicated at first. So keep an eye on that. That's good. And that tight end, Will Disley, let's name there. Big country. Yeah, so tonight, here, here's what I would do, Whisper Nation, right now. Uh, next week, the Cardinals play the Cincinnati Bengals. You've got Yuzuma or Tyler Eifert on your waiver wire because their games haven't locked up yet for tonight. I would go pick up probably Tyler Eifert. Travis, you agree with that? Because the yeah. the Cardinals can't stop a tight end nosebleed if it, if their life depended on it. So they're giving up like 20 points on average to tight ends. So I would go and pick up one of those guys right now, today, after the, after you're listening to the show or while you're listening to the show. Sorry. I rambled there. I'm going to do it while we're recording the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and Unreal. we were right. You think we were you know right. some people. <laughs> <laughs> we were right about the Saints defense. Yeah, this. yeah, Saints defense. This is a little bit more of a Johnny take than mine, but uh, I'm I'm pretty shocked. I didn't see them at home putting up. Dallas had been so good uh, offensively. I didn't see a lot of this. And given how many points the Saints D actually ended up giving up to Seattle, it was late in the game. I kind of figured this would be okay, but Saints D at home fired up with Drew Brees in the house. They got it done. 
Right on. Um, this is the sadder list, so we'll go through it very quickly. But <laughs> we were wrong about Deshaun Watson's performance at quarterback yesterday. But... Yeah, Deshaun this, Watson's. This oh, sorry, now, Johnny. Uh, this is now two, Travis. I, the reason I want to jump in here because I want to uh, talk to you about this just for a second. Deshaun Watson, another disappointing week. That makes two out of his four weeks this year where he has failed to, to get 12 fantasy points for, as a, from the quarterback position. Where is your panic meter right now for Deshaun Watson? Um, I, you know, when you're comparing it to someone like Baker, it's not as high, right? You, I think that Deshaun has a little bit more of a track record to get it right. Um, I will say that same kind, of, similar to Baker, there are offensive line issues here, and that's something to monitor. Um, but I do see some games on their schedule, and we'll talk about it a little bit with Hopkins later. But uh, I'm not too panicked yet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Zeke at running back. Ooh, Weird this, one to appear on this list. This yeah. one was brutal. I, I The Saints run D it has been really good, but not this good. I mean, Zeke, obviously he had the fumble held uh, under two yards per carry. Just not a very good outing for Zeke here and the Dallas offense in general. They should get right. You're not worried or panicked about Zeke at all. This was just a game. It was physical last year. It was physical again this year. Um, these teams... We're very prepared for each other, and it showed. We were pretty wrong about two guys in the wide receiver position, Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard. Yeah, Kenny so- Galladay, uh, Johnny, this is a guy we continue to be wrong on. We were wrong on all offseason, and now we continue to be wrong on every week this year. Yeah, uh, I feel really bad. The reason I put both these guys on here is because yesterday during the live stream, I specifically got asked about uh, Kenny G and Sterling Shepard um, against other wide receivers and you know I faded them and I just need to go with my gut more I you know my gut said Sterling Shepard was going to be a good wide receiver coming into this season and he showed that so so through two games with with Mr. Danny Dimes over there and Kenny G look this guy is emerging as one of the best wide receivers in the league dude is becoming a stud so I am not questioning Kenny G anymore it's done. It's over. <laughs> All right. Mark Andrews. Man, we started. He was oof, sad to see him on this list. Mark Mandrews. We should never doubt Mark Mandrews yeah. ever again. Uh, we will not doubt him ever again. When he plays, uh, fire him up because he's he's the man. Another touchdown. His uh, rapport. And he was actually the target of a very deep pass that was nearly uh, brought down by Andrews uh, from Lamar Jackson. He continues to show that rapport. That's his boy. And now he's rocking the sick mustache with the rest of his tight end buddies. I mean, game on. Uh, And last but not least, we were wrong about the Green Green Bay Packers defense. Yeah, you know what, Johnny? I don't mean to cut you off here, but the Packers are my team, and they sucked. And I I don't like what they did on defense here. And when we're being frank about it, we touted them up after three weeks. They played the Broncos, they played the Bears, and they played the Vikings, okay? Those are the teams that they dominated on, and, like, those teams suck, offensively at least. So, like, I don't understand why we thought Green Bay was going to have an elite defense. They don't. So, just, it has to be a really cake matchup. Don't trust them too much. I don't. So. Oh, man, words from a broken fan's heart. <laughs> Ridiculous. I'm really more mad we should have ran it at least once. But whatever. Either way. <laughs> moving All on. right. Moving on. Well, that uh, wraps up the rights and wrongs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we're going to try and do it a little bit more here. 
Week four recap is officially underway, Johnny. And now we're talking about some of the storylines that we took away from week four. And how could we not start with what was happening with the Browns? The talk of national media because they were not living up to expectations going into Baltimore as nearly a touchdown underdog. And they had Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry both have an, an amazing day, Johnny. Talk to Whisper Nation a little bit about these two studs. Yeah, so Nick Chubb ran the ball 20 times for 165 yards and three touchdowns. He added three receptions for 18 yards, finally getting himself going. I know a lot of Whisper Nation was panicking. We were telling you guys to pump the brakes. There are better days ahead for Nick Chubb. This whole offense was kind of uh, in a funk, and he broke out in a big way, and he shows you why you love having Nick Chubb because this is a very real possibility on a week-to-week basis. It doesn't matter. This guy's so talented. Love Nick Chubb. Uh, good for him. Great. Got him on the wall. Had to get him up here. And then Jarvis Landry, uh, 8 for 167, Travis. Doubled his catches from uh, any other game this year with eight. Uh, But the big thing is he could have had a touchdown, but the turf monster got him twice. The turf monster (laughs) got him twice. He didn't. He just stumbled and then fell. It was uh, I, I, unlike you, did not switch out on a league uh, for Stafford for Baker. So I was rolling with Baker and. yeah, that was a little bit frustrating there. But Yell, yelling at the TV screen of yeah. that one. Uh. Uh, more, more so yelling at Jarvis, saying, "What are you doing?" And the 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 part that was frustrating too, he like gets up. I, I understand, you're excited, dude. You're excited, but he gets up and he's like acting like he's the best. I'm like, dude, the turf monster just brought you down. You have no reason to be pounding your chest right now, dude. Oh, That's man. one of my favorite things about the NFL is these guys that celebrate when they do something like when they're down like 21 and they make a tackle on first down and they're just like so yoked. I'm just like, dude, what is going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was awesome to see what the Browns were able to do in the face of adversity against a division leading uh, Baltimore Ravens on the road. Uh, Kitchens got back to the basics here. They went and they found Chubb early and often. They, you know, got Chubb involved in the passing game for the first time in a few weeks. So Chubb joins Dalvin Cook as, you know, that late first round guy you probably want on your roster. Um, You missed, you know, if you passed on Joe Mixon or James Conner for these two guys, especially Chubb and and Cook, you're like, uh, you're looking great because he's the RB4 on the year. Um, they will face two top five running back fantasy defenses in the Patriots and the 49ers in the next three weeks. So if Chubb starts to do it against these guys, you're looking at a top five back for the rest of the season probably because they their line has issues. And the best way to fix uh, an a offensive line is to run the ball and get those guys uh, some lanes there if you are able to do it. Landry concussed here, and I think that this – This may mean that Ricky Seals-Jones is a speculative ad here coming into next week because 20% of the market share would be up for grabs, uh, you know, theoretically, if Landry were to miss time. And Seals-Jones already showed some good rapport with Baker when they got back to a run game, a simplified uh, run game, and and take what the defense gives you. So monitor that. Uh, But moving on here, Johnny, to a situation that Whisper Nation is probably monitoring very closely – and that is DeAndre Hopkins of the Houston Texans. Um, back-to-back weeks here now that, you know, or actually tri- uh, 
three out of four games here now that he's struggled here. So, Johnny, where's where's your panic meter on DeAndre Hopkins? Um, it would be it's honestly at like a two or a three right now, which I know seems really really low when you're talking out of about, three. No, yeah, no, out <laughs> of ten. Uh, when it seems pretty low when you're when you're considering that he hasn't had he's only had one big game for you and you draft him either uh, late in the first or early in the second, most likely. And so you're, you know, you're a little bit panicked, but don't worry there. He's still getting a ton of targets. And you look at the schedule coming up, you got Atlanta, Kansas city, Indianapolis, Oakland, and Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville will probably be without Ramsey by that time. So none of those matchups really scare you nor. And also he kind of has Jacksonville's number as well. So, uh, all of those games are going to be uh, very, very nice. And I, I do expect Hopkins to get right. If you can go and try to buy Hopkins right now, I would. I would definitely try to go buy Hopkins while he's, his, his name is so low right now, his value is so low, and then better days ahead. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the bottom line here that you take away from DeAndre Hopkins is that better days are ahead. 30% of the market share is still all of of DeAndre Hopkins, even with Kenny Stills being brought in. Will Fuller has not seemed to get it going yet, which means, or Kiki Cutie, which means that Hopkins is still the guy that this offense runs through in the passing game. Um, But there is a little bit of concern here for me with Houston because they are back to their old ways. Second most sacks in the NFL that they're allowing now with 18, only behind Johnny's Arizona Cardinals. Um, So... I do think that's a concern. We'll see if Watson can kind of maneuver his way around that. If Laramie Tunsil can get more acclimated and get, you know, make some more, uh, some more positive influence on this team, that would be great. The Texans play the Falcons and then the Chiefs in their next two. These are potential shootout games, which would be potential get right games for DeAndre Hopkins. So those are on the schedule. So better days ahead, I think, for Hopkins. I wouldn't panic just yet. At least wait till after those games because if his value is low now and it's not going to get much worse, I think it could get better. And if you wanted to sell DeAndre, you could wait till after these two games. Well, and you'll remember that Kenny Stills was sidelined with a hamstring injury yesterday, so it could be just the right time to see a surge these couple days. That's a great point because now we could see Hopkins being worked more in those deep routes that – haven't been successful for him just yet, but he's capable of every route on the route tree. So let's get him going down the field. I think the problem is with that offensive line plays aren't having the time to develop, but we've seen Hopkins be able to take a slant to the house at any time too. Yep. Um, Talking about some guys that are producing here, Wayne Gallman, who everybody, you know, I got a bunch of looking at the waiver wire, you know, situations that were happening last week. Um, and people were saying, well, don't break the bank on Gallman. You know, he, are they going to be okay without Saquon Barkley? Yeah, they were fine. I mean, Wayne Gallman came in and did what you needed him to do in this offense. And yeah, it wasn't, you know, you know, earth shattering, but he did fumble the ball, but like he, he did what they needed him to do. And then this team, he, I think he's a guy that is going to fill in RB two weeks, weeks for you every week. And I love the receiving work that he was getting because the Giants are sitting here passing at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. And so Gallman's sitting here as a recipient of that. They're definitely not the best defense. They will be in a lot of games where they're going to need to throw. And Gallman was being worked in the passing game as well. Johnny, any kind of uh, concern for you with Wayne Gallman? Uh, going forward yeah uh, I definitely think this is going to be his get best game of the year 
or while Saquon is out, uh, if I would, if I could, I would sell. I would sell uh, Gallman high right now. You look at the next upcoming schedule: Minnesota, not going to be able to run against them. New England, not going to be able to run against them. Arizona, they'll probably he could probably have a decent game there. Detroit, that'll that'll probably be his best game of the year. It could be, uh, and then <laughs> Dallas, uh, Dallas has a pretty solid run D. I know Alvin, they held Alvin Kamara into check last night. So I would be getting rid of Gallman right now if I could, just based on the schedule. It's just not going to be looking good. I did like seeing that he was involved in the pass game because that was a big question, whether Danny Dimes would be checking down to Gallman based on he only did it once in the prior game. But that was good to see. So it does give you a little bit of a safe floor if you decide to go with him. But, I mean, if, if you paid up for Gallman, he got you a win. That's what matters the most. So congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, moving on to a player that seems to be uh, outproducing expectations, and that's Austin Hooper, Johnny, of the Atlanta Falcons. Hooper is a guy that you're pretty fond of. You wanted to talk a little bit on him this week. So why don't you give Whisper Nation your two cents on Austin Hooper? Yeah, uh, Austin Hooper, a little... Uh, you you guys might be uh, seeing his jersey up in the wall here pretty soon. A little, oh that, yeah, uh, a little name drop. Yeah, a little name drop there. Uh, so nine for a hundred and thirty yards. Uh, did not get in the end zone. He was targeted in the end zone though. Uh, he hasn't had less than six targets in a game in 2019. Travis, he's looking like uh, Matt Ryan's go-to right now. And he has he has had over 60 receiving yards in three out of four games. So he is emerging as kind of like a very, very safe option with a decent ceiling. Travis, what do you have Austin Hooper as for the rest of the season? Do you think he's a top seven tight end, top five tight end? Yeah, I give you top eight, top seven. I think that's realistic. I mean, you look at I, I was making an observation yesterday or over the last two weeks. Uh, the Falcons do not look good. And no. I think Dan Quinn, I think Dan Quinn's going to get fired uh, before this season's over. And this is a point where the Falcons should be kind of taking control of this division because Drew Brees is hurt. Cam Newton is hurt. The time is now to be going after this division and they can't put one foot in front of the other and get it to their playmakers. So yes, Austin Hooper stands to benefit from this. He's only got six less targets on the year than Julio Jones, 18% of the market share here. He's got two touchdowns on the year, and he's completing 86% of his catches. The 86% of the time that, that uh, Matt Ryan throws his way, he's catching the football. That is something Matt Ryan needs right now when, shockingly enough to me, he can't seem to be stopped. He can't seem to stop running for his life because that line seems to be under siege every week. Yeah. So who is he going to? Austin Hooper. I don't. I can't explain it. Um, I really think the Falcons should be a lot better than they're playing, but we will see how that shakes out. For now, Austin Hooper needs to be locked and loaded. If you picked him up on waivers, you're excited because you landed one of those guys that you're you can feel confident in starting each and every week. And speaking of confidence, Johnny, or lack thereof, the Los Angeles Rams we're uh we're not very confident in their ability to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. Talk to me a little bit about this offense cuz that's really what we care about here. Obviously the defense is the one you're going to continue to put in your lineup uh even though they had a shaky game in this one. But the offense, Johnny, that's what I'm more focused on here for the Los Angeles Rams. So a couple of key things that I noticed yesterday. Cooper Cup continues to ball out each and every single week. I think he's the safest option in this entire offense. Yes, including 
the running back situation back there. I think Cooper Cup can be locked and loaded into your lineup each and every single week, and you know that he's going to have a very good game. Robert Woods, it was his turn. It was his week. Uh, got 13 targets for 164 yards. Uh, as a Robert Woods owner, I, I really like that. But you look at what Brandon Cooks did this week, 6 for 71. He had the down week this week of the two. And it seems like Cooks and Woods are kind of just flip-flopping on who is who is the other wide receiver that's producing on a week to week basis. And then Gurley, you know, relieving his his fantasy owners a little bit wasn't a high rushing total, five for sixteen, but he did fall in the end zone twice. Uh, he also did finally get involved in the pass catching here, seven for fifty four, which we've been asking for for a while. You know what's going on? Why isn't Gurley getting any catches? And so uh, Sean McVay listened to the media, listened to Whisper uh, or the Fantasy Whispers, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to do something about it." So he gave Gurley seven touch or you know seven receptions. Travis. Uh, Gurley moving forward. Or do you do you agree with the assessment with the wide receivers? Do you have a different take? And also, Gurley moving forward. Uh, is he going to be a super risky play You know, moving forward, considering 5 for 16? You remove the two touchdowns. All of a sudden, you're worried about him because he's getting seven fantasy points. Yeah, I, I think it's all about uh, perspective when you're looking at Todd Gurley. If you drafted him in the first round... Uh, you're not very happy. If you were able to get him in the middle of the second where he should have been drafted, you're probably okay with what you're getting out of him. And that's because he's going to live in that red zone. And what we've seen is the Rams ease him into that role because it was Malcolm Brown getting more red zone carries at the beginning of the year. And now Brown has seen his snaps and attempts dip every single week this season um, and and go in the favor of Gurley. You love that you saw them getting the receiving work uh, or Gurley getting the receiving work again because they were getting thrown to at the lowest rate in the NFL, those running backs in, in Los Angeles. But I think the big thing is, yes, Johnny, I think you're okay with Gurley going forward because this team is still a high-powered offense. We saw it yesterday. It took them a while to get going, but once they got going, Goff threw 68 times. They threw That is close to the NFL record. I think it's 70. Um, so he threw 68 times, which means the Rams now on the year have the second most pass attempts in the NFL. And so I think those backs will eventually get involved. That's a huge part of this offense. If McVay wants to have success, he will get the backs involved and he will continue to feed all these wide receivers. If you have any of the guys we've mentioned, Gurley, Cooks, Woods or Cup, you're starting them all every week pretty much uh, because this team continues to to produce and it will continue to produce. And then you look at the schedule, Johnny at Seattle versus San Francisco at Atlanta versus Cincinnati. Okay. Only San Francisco really scares you here, but they've been susceptible through the air. And then the rest of them, like these are shootouts or games where the Rams should have control of these, these games. So I really like uh, what I'm seeing out of the offense as a, you know, part-time Ram fan. I didn't love what I saw yesterday in that game. Uh, but it, you know, I think you, you could be very confident in the Rams going forward. Uh, confidence is something that was lacking in the Dallas offense yesterday, Johnny. So I want to ask you, is this an aberration or, you know, what, what did we see out of Dallas yesterday? Um, I mean, they, they showed up thinking that they were going to easily win this game is what it seemed like because the saints didn't have Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater back there, all this stuff. And then they got punched in the mouth and they couldn't battle back, and they they looked stonewalled. They really did. They re realize they look like 
They didn't know what was going on as far as like, oh my gosh, the Saints actually showed up and they're a good team. And we we saw it. I mean, when we also have to take into, into account who Dallas played in the first three games. They were one of these, no one was talking about it, but everyone was saying, oh, are the Bills the phantom 3-0 and team? Or, uh, you know, are, what are who's this odd man out? And no one was mentioning the Dallas Cowboys, even though the Dallas Cowboys had the easiest schedule to open up. They played the Giants, Washington, and Miami. Doesn't get much easier than that. Maybe Baltimore right. had an easier schedule to open up. But now things are going to start getting a little bit more difficult. They had the New Orleans Saints. Green Bay Packers, uh, I know you talked about it. You don't think that they're for real anymore. I'd, I'd give them one bad game. Oh, just their defense. Yeah, just their just, defense. Yeah, yeah, sorry, just their defense. I'll give them one more bad game. The Jets, okay, that that's a fine – that'll be an okay game. But then you're, you're starting to get Week 10. You got Minnesota. Week 11, Detroit, who just shut down Pat Mahomes. Week 12, New England. Week 13, Buffalo, who just t- dropped down uh, uh, Tom Brady to three points. Then you have Chicago week 14, then 15 week L- is LA, and then week 16, uh, Philadelphia again. If I have a Dallas Cow, if you know, I'm, I'll get into it right now with Omari Cooper. He had a, he had a slow day, five for 48. Uh, I would be trying to trade Amari Cooper. I'm not just saying that because I was off his bandwagon in the <laughs> beginning. Uh, I looking at that slate of games, like Amari Cooper will be shut down by a lot of those corners, and he's not talented enough to overcome that stuff. So I am worried about this offense. I think that you know you have a lot of these Cowboys fans that are uh, that are going off, and I'm probably going to get a lot of mean tweets right now. But hey, I'm just I'm just showing you. I'm just telling you what what has been and what is coming up and they're two different roads. So I am concerned about these Dallas Cowboys and I, and I am concerned about Dak. Dak should have been able to pass against these saints and he couldn't Two twenty-three, no touchdowns, one interception. They scored one touchdown. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, Russell Wilson was able to get some passing done against them. Uh, Deshaun Watson, who's had rough days, got some passing done against them. Jared Goff got some pass. So to your point, yes, people were able to throw on the Saints. I do, I do think the Saints were just geeked for this game. Uh, they came out there and they showed out on defense. It was at home, so you have that uh, going for them. I do think better days are ahead for Dak and the entire offense, but maybe Dak is not the plug-and-play guy, top-five guy upside that we thought he was. Maybe he's going to settle into a top-12 starter that you would be weary of matchups. And speaking of matchups, has the Jags, the Bears, the or I'm sorry, the Bucks, the Jags, the Bears, and then the Cardinals before it really opens up. The Bucks have sneakily been a really good defense here, and if they're able to, you know, I think there was some injuries on that offensive line for Dallas, so uh, stay tuned to that and maybe monitor that. But I think if they if they're going to get right, it'll be against the Bucks here. But be careful and maybe get a contingency plan for Dak going forward after that. Um, so that wraps up our major storylines here for week four. We did have some honorable mentions. I think that Chelsea had prepared for us. So uh, obviously there was a ton of guys we can't talk. We could talk for three hours about all the guys that popped off. But I uh, just wanted to speak a little bit on on some of these guys. Yeah, for sure. So we've got Leonard Fournette. Ooh. Right. Monster I mean, game. you all want a monster game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, monster game. Yeah, Austin. I mean, he's, uh, he's the best. He was he. Sh- if you took him number one, kudos to you, because he has paid off the most out of any of the top running backs. He has been dominating each and every single week. 
How is that juggling catch not the most spectacular oh, play of the whole that entire guy is, cool. He's, he's so an great. incredible, incredible athlete. And yeah, to the point, it's like he continues to be good with or without Cam. He continues to be the focal point of the offense with or without Cam. So you're feeling great about CMC. Another guy, Austin Eckler. Yeah, this may have been your last chance to kind of ride the Eckler train. Uh, maybe maybe one more week of, of some of that production, but definitely not top five production going forward with Melvin Gordon back. Kenny Galladay, oh, yeah, Ronald Jones. Who is buying, Ronald Jones? Yeah, are we buying this, Travis? Dude got 19 carries yesterday. Are we starting to buy Ronald Jones? They're starting to ease him into this offense a little the bit. The production is, but it's all over the place. Last week right. he got a ton of receiving work. Yeah. Uh, this week he didn't. Or he got one catch. I, I like this week he's getting a lot of carries. Next week it'll be Peyton Barber getting the carries. <laughs> yeah. I just Peyton Barber got a touchdown here. I I, I don't know. I think. I think Arians is fine using the weapons however he wants them, but I think you know Ronald Jones has flex to RB two upside each and every week if if they're in a game that you don't feel good about it, but he has no. it. Yeah, yeah. Another guy in that offense, Chris Godwin. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, Kenny so. G and Chris Godwin continue to be the two uh, people I was wrong the most on in, in fantasy football, and so kudos to Chris Godwin. He continues to ball out in this offense. Um, and the writing was on the wall. I should have seen that. Sorry, Whisper Nation. Hopefully you drafted him or, or you're able to trade for him in his down week. And Cortland Sutton rounding out our honorable mentions list. Yeah, Sutton. Yeah, Cortland Sutton quietly having himself a, a pretty solid season over there with uh, Joe Flacco. Uh, Travis, are you buying Cortland Sutton anywhere? No, I, I really think that uh, I think it's Sanders still that the guy I'd be interested in for Denver. Yeah. Still had a touchdown late. Still uh, up in the top of the league in in uh, red zone targets. So I, I really like Sanders. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, uh, actually, you weren't, but now we're going to transition <laughs> to. <laughs> you know, you're just telling us what we're going to be speaking of. Sometimes those transitions aren't as smooth. Uh, <laughs> speaking of a letdown, though, like that transition was that best of the business right here. <laughs> I love it. Um, here are some letdowns. Tom Brady. Womp womp. Yeah, well, look, I'm not going to sit here and peep my chest, but this is what I talk about when we say Tom Brady is a guy that should not be a top five option every week just because the Patriots have a million different ways they can beat you. And so when they got into this game, it was ugly. It was a divisional thing. I don't think we were advising you probably start Tom Brady this week anyways, but Tom Brady is a guy that we continue to get a bunch of crap for because, look, Pat's Nation is strong. And they come out and they say, why don't you have our boys ranked higher? Because we're champions. We get your champions, okay? This is fantasy football. I want you to be putting up stats. And Tom Brady didn't get it done. Well said. Pat Mahomes on our letdown list. That's because he turned the keys over to the man that really runs this offense, Daryl Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, better days are ahead. This was Pat Mahomes' first Dome game. A lot of news got made of that. He was a little off. He missed some open throws in this game. I don't know if it had anything to do with the Dome or the fact that the Detroit Lions appear to be pretty good as a football. Hey, They're making the Cardinals look good right now in our winless season. At least we were able to tie with the Detroit Lions. Well, you got that going for you. Exactly. OBJ didn't have much going for him. Next. Julian Edelman. Uh, Marquise Brown on our list. This one hurts. Marlon Mack. Oh, but he left with an ankle injury. Does that mean anything? Uh, Yeah, it does. That is a keynote. 
<laughs> Keenan Allen and this Greg one, Olson. This oh, one. So Keenan Allen had a monster touchdown that was called back for offensive pass interference, which was kind of pretty lame uh, watching it. So he should have had a much bigger day, but certainly five for 48. He should have been able to get even more on top of that. They were playing the Miami Dolphins. That's that's concerning. Yeah, it is. And Greg Olson rounding out our uh, disappointment. Greg Olson is who we thought he was. Yep. You know, uh, I think Rivers. Olson, yeah, I think you you can only rely on a guy that old. Look at Dylan <laughs> Walker. You yeah. can only rely on these geriatrics for so long. Eventually the hip gives out. They're going to need their walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, wow. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of how it goes. Uh, our final segment here, Chels, I believe is the keep trade cut. Yeah. yeah. Johnny brought so, this one to us last week and we're going to go with it. So I've got a handful of guys and I'm going to say keep trade cut. And you're going to tell me, uh, what you think this first one should be fairly obvious, but Deandre Hopkins, you're not going to cut the guy. Yeah, you're going to no. keep him. You're going to trade him, and you're going to keep him. Yeah. And oh. you could trade him in a couple weeks, but I think we're talking about that schedule there, I think things could open up. He could start putting points. And then maybe if you're really not sold on Houston getting it done each and every week, you look to trade Hopkins after his value I'm spikes. Also, I guess in this one, we could also trade four. Like, I would trade four DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, yes. I You could go after him right now. Yeah. All right. Another dimension to this. Okay. Devontae Freeman. You keeping? You trading him? Are you trading for I'm, him? I'm trading him. <laughs> I'm trading him, Travis. He has not looked good. Yes, he ended up getting you 10 fantasy points this week. But like we said, this entire Atlanta Falcons offense has looked bad. That defense is bad. Um, and here's the scary part. Edo Smith got the touchdown. Uh, and that is concerning. His upside, Freeman's upside was because, one, he was getting a lot of carries, and then, two, that he had the, the goal line work. And now that you're eliminating that, he's already averaging only two yards per rush. I'm concerned, so I would sell high on Devonta Freeman on his up week. All right, Calvin Ridley. Uh, yeah, I think similar to Freeman's take, the Falcons' take, Ridley is a guy that is going to be more boomer bust than we had anticipated. Look, I thought coming into the year, he only ran, you know, I think about 50% of the snaps last year in his rookie year. And I think that number was, for me, was supposed to switch and produce more, you know, game-to-game, you know, volume and yardage that would surpass the touchdown dependency that he had. But it is not. And I think Ridley is not a guy that's immune to a bad matchup. And so you need to really pick your spots to play Calvin Ridley moving forward. Right on. What about Will Fuller? Similar to the Ridley take, I think, Johnny, is that Fuller needs to be in the most pristine of matchups, and even then you need to realize that he's kind of that boomer bust guy. He did have a potential touchdown overthrown uh, by Deshaun Watson here, so he did have that ability to make your day for you, and he still does. He's got blazing speed. So he's not a guy you want to trade. You want to keep him in your lineup. Uh, You just want to be more uh, apparent of his matchup and, and plugging him in in that way. All right, I'm real excited about this take. Sammy Watkins, keep trade cut. So, uh, Travis, call me crazy, but I'm going to trade him. I'm going to... Yeah, no, I think that's the right call. Yeah, you've got Tyreek Hill coming back relatively soon. Sammy Watkins has really done nothing after his week, week one monster performance. He's had a lot of opportunities. He should be... 
you know, used more. I mean, he's getting targets, so you can argue that fact, but he's really not putting up that many numbers. He hasn't had over 10 fantasy points since week one. So uh, you can still, you know, go off of his yearly ranking when you're trying to argue, oh, he's a top 10 wide receiver because he had such a good week one. But I'm trying to trade Sammy Watkins if I can. All yeah. right. What about Amari Cooper? Well, Johnny kind of said this at the top. I don't I don't know if I 100 percent agree, but he said to trade Amari Cooper. I'm keeping Amari Cooper. I don't want to trade him right after this bad game. Uh, that wouldn't be my goal. But let's you know, if you're interested in trading him away, I get it. He is a boomer bust guy by nature in his career. So that's what we have to go off of. And even in his short stint with Dallas last year, he was Johnny's very documented this very highly. But he, they do play the Bucks who just had a massive over-under with the Rams. They play the Bucks this week. Let's see if he can pop again, and then maybe you move him and get more value out of him. All right, and last but not least for our keep, trade, or cut, Ugh. this one hurts. Yeah, it does hurt really badly. O.J. Howard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, cut Travis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let somebody else. Uh, I, I would say cut, but you, who are you gonna cut him for on the waiver? Like. Like this week is a there? this week is a pretty skimpy waiver. I mean, if Daryl Williams is on your waiver, you best believe I'm cutting OJ Howard. Yeah, but Darryl you Williams. can't you can't start Daryl Williams in your tight end. That's my point. Is the tight end landscape doesn't uh, allow Graham. you to be so choosy. I would rather have Jimmy Graham rest of season than OJ Howard. Uh, I'm not gonna agree oh, with that. You wanna, oh, can we get a bet? Can we do a yeah, bet? Yeah, we can do a bet. All right, we got ourselves a whisper bet. Whisper Nation. All right. I got it. I got Jimmy Graham. Rest of the season, he's got OJ Howard. All right, Chelsea. Any last final thoughts for us on this episode? Takes? Uh, no, I mean, what's the bet for? We need to oh, figure it's... out these these bets that we do. I mean, we have rest bets, but uh, but rest of se- it's rest of season. OJ Howard versus Jimmy Graham, but the punishment or whatever is yet to be determined. We'll we'll figure okay. that out. TBD. Cool. <laughs> Uh, Well, I'll keep track, and that's all for me, folks. All right, guys. As always, we want to know what you thought of week four. Comment and like uh, below, or like and comment below if you're on YouTube. If you are not, get over to Instagram, Facebook. You can always go to thefantasywhispers.com. We've got tons of content there. We appreciate all the support you give us. We love bringing you all this in. insight and content for you so get on over to the fantasywhispers.com check that out for johnny game time hicks the woman behind the glass chelsea byers and me big travi we're the fantasy whispers and we're out Peace. peace have fun tonight whisper nation thank you for listening to the fantasy whispers podcast you can hear more from john and travis on google play soundcloud and itunes you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at tf whispers